episode 57 of All About Fitness. Now, on this episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. Uh, well, it's not really that different. I'm interviewing a guest, so that's not really that much different than what I've been done in most of the other episodes. But this guest is somebody who I really didn't have much relationship with before we, we had a chance to talk. You know, a lot of the other guests I've had on the podcast have been fitness educators, people I've had the t- chance to work with or learn from over the years. Some of the guests, I have relationships going back with almost two decades. And what I'm trying to do is expose you to different types of personal trainers right now. I'm going through like kind of a little personal training, um, you know, kind of thread, if you will. And so the last guest I had, uh, episode, episode before this, episode 56, is Robert Linkle, the owner of a training studio. So he does um, in live training. On this episode, I feature Courtney Thomas. Courtney Thomas is an online trainer. She was one of these individuals who worked in a gym for a couple of years and decided that she could reach more people through an online training platform. Now, I didn't really know Courtney, but she's friends with a a previous guest, Jen Sinkler. Um, Jen was a guest of All About Fitness a number of episodes back. And, you know, Courtney and I connected through social media, and I've been kind of following her and seeing her posts. And I really like her message. One, you know, in our conversation today, we kind of talk about how Courtney got into fitness. So if you've ever been thinking about how do I become a personal trainer, well, you want to pay attention because we talk about that. And the other thing that we talk about, and, and this is really important, and I'm, I'm the father of two young women. I'm obviously, I'm married to a woman. Um, I know that's not always the case these days, but um, I'm married to a woman. I am the father of two young women. I, you know, I grew up, my mother was a business owner. Um, so I'm very, I am very um, pro, I guess, as you say, women, pro women. And I really think there's a lot of, one of the biggest benefits of strength training is the fact that it w- gives women confidence in all aspects of their life. And that's one of the things I want to speak about with Courtney today, because Courtney really, you know, in some of her posts and some of her blogs and some of the stuff she's written about on her blog, she really writes about it's kind of like a postmodern feminism, I guess. She, you know, her, her point of view is that being strong in the gym gives you the ability to be strong in other aspects of your life. So in order to bring a little yang to the yin of All About Fitness, I wanted to I'm trying to get um, guests of both genders of a lot of different experience on as as guests. Um, to give you different viewpoints into fitness. So today on All About Fitness, after a brief word of our sponsors, Courtney Thomas. Vicor Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to vicorefitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment They'll be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. Just a quick note as we get into the conversation here, I recorded it live. We're both at a conference in Las Vegas, Nevada, so you'll hear some background noise, but that's because we're actually just in a little corner of the hotel ballroom as the conference is going on around us. So with that, Courtney Thomas, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, and I'm here today with Courtney Thomas. How are you doing today, Courtney? Doing great. It's a good day. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I'm a personal trainer. You know, it's one of those vague things. Like I'm a coach. Um, I work mostly with women uh, and very women focused and empowerment uh, through strength training. Absolutely. And then uh, a lot of mindset coaching. I do everything online right now, one on one. Uh, and then I also have a small group that only has a max of 10 women that I do about twice a year as well. And, and that's why one of the things I want to talk to you about is like kind of the proliferation of online coaching. How long have you been doing online coaching and online training? Uh, I've been doing it for about three years. And were you a personal trainer before that? Yeah. I started in a facility in St. Louis, and I worked there for about two years, and then I started my own business. Uh, so that's been about four years. I started off uh, doing um, in-home training, mobile training there, and then kind of gradually got into the online and then eventually went away from the in-person, and I'm all online now. So 100% online with your clients. And how do you, you, when you first meet your clients, how do you engage with them? Do you talk with them, or just is it through emails? Uh, generally, a lot of times people find me through, you know, something like this. I heard you on a podcast. They reach out uh, through my website or social media or something like that. But, yeah, email is definitely initial first contact. Um, and there's a little bit of back and forth there. And then typically after, kind of, I'd call it a light screening process, uh, then we have an initial Skype or a phone call and typically sit on the phone for about an hour or so, kind of going through all the same details that you would in, like, an initial meeting in a, in a facility. And do you find much difference between online coaching and working with somebody live in a facility? Actually, I find that it's even more of a positive connection for me, and I get even better engagement and results. Um, I, f I always felt like... You know, training is kind of that personal thing. We always kind of joke in the industry, like you're a you're a therapist for an hour, right? Like, um, but on a gym floor, that's really open, and people don't feel comfortable talking about certain things or you know whatever. You're kind of just half doing that and half doing exercises for an hour. Um, and I find with the online coaching, the way that I do it anyway, you know, they're getting the benefit of really focusing on their program when they're they have the time to do that. You know, so their workout, they're going after their workout, full attention there. And then they also, you know, have me available to ask the questions that they need to at any time, really, you know, touchy things, intimate subjects, whatever it may be that they're struggling with. And they feel even more comfortable asking me that online, actually. Uh, it might seem a little bit weird that that's the answer, you know, but I actually get a lot more good engagement and, you know, kind of deep thought there and reflection. Well, I hadn't thought about that, but I could see that. But no, having worked, I've been a trainer in a large commercial gym and I could see you, you have pretty in-depth conversations with, with your clients to some degree. But if, if we have kind of a, I think when you have an interpersonal or not an, not an interpersonal, but we have an online relationship, mm -hmm. it might be easier for me to kind of spill my guts than if we are face to face. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. People, you know, they, certainly see you from, you know, that kind of personal branding, social media perspective, whatever, you know, and I'm pretty open that way as well. So they kind of like, we kind of do get to know each other pretty much as good as we would in person. And like you said, there's like almost this veil of like, okay, they're not going to be staring at me while I ask this really awkward question or whatever, you know, there's a lot more thought behind it. And yeah, they're much more willing to open up. Absolutely. Was that a surprise to you when you started doing the online coaching? Looking back, probably a little bit, you know, it was like, oh, okay, people want to talk about this. Like, I, of course, I want to talk about it with them and coach them and everything, you know, but it was like, okay, this is good. You know, they're a little more willing to open up on it. And now your background, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You didn't start out as a trainer. What's your, what's your professional background a little bit? Uh, yeah, so I went to college at Michigan State for hospitality business. I did my internships in hotels and obviously found out, like, that is the worst thing ever. So um, got away from that. And when I got out of school, I 
had a few different jobs in like real estate development and you know different stuff like that. Eventually, kind of found my way to um, procurement and purchasing for a casino company. After that, my husband and I moved. My last job before I got into training was with a corporate recruiting company, and that was really really hard for me. That was like well, ironically, I did one of my first jobs right out of college was doing technical recruiting. And so one thing I one thing I liked about it was learning about different businesses yeah. and you know you know you work with a lot of different people, which is cool. But obviously, there was no passion there. So yeah. Were you a fitness enthusiast before you got into training? And what, what was your background in, in fit? Or as a being an enthusiast, what's your background in that? Um, so I actually am one of those people who I know it's weird now. I was never into like fitness. I didn't play sports. I didn't do any of the things in my younger days. In my probably mid-20s or so, uh, when I got together with my husband, he actually was like, let's do a workout thing. And right then was when uh, P90, the original P90X came out. So we did the original P90X, like the DVDs. <laughs> it wasn't even streaming online. Um, and then after that, I got into running, endurance running. So that was kind of my thing for a really, really long time. I um, you know, went from like a walk run to, oh, I'll do a 5K to, oh, maybe I'll do a 10K to, oh, maybe I should do a half marathon. Oh, maybe I'll do four marathons. Um, so it was somewhere in that like 5K to 10K range that um, I also got interested in spinning. I was going to a local gym that was like a group circuit class and stuff. So like light intro to strength training. Um, and then my husband actually was, he encouraged me. I was, cause I was unhappy at the recruiting job. And he was like, you know, some people do this for a living. Like someone owns the gym that you're going to and someone's teaching the spinning class that you love. So you could look into that. And I did, and that's how it happened. Well, how'd you get, how'd you go through the certification education process and, and how, how, and coming in from it, like I've been working in this business for 20 years, so I've been mired in it. I've worked for the certifications. <laughs> so it's always interesting to see from somebody from outside, what attracted you to it and how did you find the process of becoming a fitness professional? Um, so I started like a real basic, I started with the spinning. That was like easy, um, a little bit less intimidating intro to the world. Um, so I started with the spinning and then I actually went and talked to the owner of the gym that I was at and I was like, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. Like, what do you recommend? Kind of same thing. Like, how how did you get into this? What certifications do you look for when you hire trainers, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and after our conversation, we ended up going uh, with AC, or I ended up going with ACSM. Um, so that's my personal training certification. After that, um, I think I got the endurance running one next after I was already then working at a facility. And then uh, when I was there, I worked toward my CSCS because I kind of knew like it was a good combination of, you know, the strength and a little bit of the endurance stuff. It's obviously a top tier certification in the industry, um, you know, so I got that. Uh, and I mean, it's a lot. It's, you know, a lot of study. The kind of the, the funny thing about that, I mean, as you know, as we all know, is like you do all this studying and you get all this stuff and then you go out and you like, train a client and you're like, oh, well, never mind all that stuff. <laughs> like, it's yeah, totally you realize thing. you realize you don't. And having written chapters for yeah. a couple of a couple of books out there, yeah. you kind of you sometimes write the chapter going, "I'm not sure if this is 100 percent relevant," <laughs> but you know it needs to have a background. Yeah. And just just we threw a lot of initials out there. ACSM is the American College of Sports Medicine, and that's one of the most credible. I mean, they're medical based, and they really are. So getting that as a certification is, is key. And then the CSCS is a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, and where Corey and I are, or Courtney and I. Where Courtney and I are right now, we're actually at the National Strength and Conditioning Association convention. So let me go back to real quick and asking you about running. So when you first started running, why did you pick running as a primary form of exercise? Uh, I loved it. Like I, I, it was really for me. I do all my running outside. I hate the treadmill. Um, I, I am an only child. It's like another solitary like 
activity I am real comfortable with. Um, but it also, the ru running is a community kind of thing too, you know, like, so you do have races that are exciting and there's other people and you might be training with somebody, um, you know, kind of parallel. Um, and I actually, when I was in St. Louis, I started like a, a running group that, I almost called it a beer running group. It sort of was though, um, you know, that was just real social, but you still can have like individual, you know, competition and accomplishments there. I just really love it. I always say like, I'm the woman that goes out and runs and I'm like, oh, look at the butterfly, look at the tree, Ooh, the leaves are like, so I just really enjoyed it. Um, looking back now that I'm so much more into, you know, hypertrophy and strength and like quote unquote bodybuilding, you know, it's like, I didn't realize that like, quote, cardio bunny was a thing. Like, that wasn't what I was doing at all. I just really liked running. Well, that's why I asked you that question, yeah. because now, and what we're about to get into, I want to ask you some questions about strength and kind of what, you know, what you're known for, the one thing I often see you posting about on social media, because I think a lot of people, um, especially women, when they first get into exercise, they get into running, they get into cardio, and it sounds like you just enjoyed the process of running. Would that be accurate to say? Yeah, that's, that's 100% it. So you wasn't really like you're running because you thought it was the best exercise, but you actually enjoyed it. So what's happened in, in the last few years as you've gotten in, and hypertrophy just means like in, increasing muscle fiber size. So when you see bodybuilding, that's actually hypertrophy. The technical geeky term for that <laughs> is hypertrophy training. So what kind of, what would switch that gear from being like a, a, a cardio bunny, your words? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want to use that, but what switched yeah. that gear from being a cardio bunny to getting into weight training? I certainly did some weight training. Um, again, I was at a facility, it was like, you know, we did a lot of circuit stuff. They had athletic training there, absolutely, you know, so it was like, you know, you do your two 30-minute sessions per week to support your, like, injury prevention for your marathon running kind of thing. So it was, like, always a theme, um, but especially uh, when I started my own business, kind of where it came in, it was a little bit of an evolution of getting more exposed to more of the different coaches, trainers, strength coaches in the industry. You know, you find people like Jen Sinclair, you find people like Nagar Fanuni, you find people like Tony Gentilcore, like Eric Cressy, like all these different people who are doing all these different things, you know, in different niches. And you start to see more women who are doing more. And, um, you know, obviously people are putting up programs online and coaching and stuff like that, you know, so it was kind of, uh, becoming aware of those things, gaining some access, trying out a lot of different things. Girls Gone Strong, too, absolutely. Like, that was a big, like, oh, my gosh, all, the, all these women specifically are doing this strength training stuff, you know, as their primary thing. Um, so it was kind of an evolution of sort of trying out all of those things. And so now, instead of going out running, you're kind of known for, wait, what's the name of your program? Uh, the Bigness Project. And, and describe that a little bit. Uh, well, it is pretty much a, like, if I had to describe it, I would say it's like an old school bodybuilding program. And I mean, certainly we wanted to make sure that women knew, like, we're thinking of you, but like anybody can build muscles on a hypertrophy program. Like it's a great program. Um, so yeah, it's just for building muscles. And you're famous for, what do you, what's your most, what's the, what's the proudest, you know, body part that you like to show off? <laughs> I'm an arms girl. I like my arms, my, like, personal philosophy and my business philosophy and coaching and everything right now is big arms, big life. And, and what do you mean, what, what is that, what is that, you know, I've seen some of the stuff you've written on that and read, read one or two of the blog posts. How, what does big arms, big life mean to you? To me, again, it was kind of the evolution of embracing, like, here's something that... 
I always was trying to hide or didn't love about my body or, you know, because I always had really broad shoulders and a really petite body and it was like, well, my big shoulders and it's whatever. And then as I found more strength training, got really more into building more muscle, I was like, wait a second, like I kind of like this and who cares what society is telling me about the shape I should have or the muscles I should have or not have or be doing or not doing or whatever. And so I grew to love my arms and shoulders and just have a lot of fun with it. And what essentially happened is that in growing my body physically and finding power in that, then that just eked out into every place in my life. You know, it was confidence everywhere in my business and my coaching and my connections just in the world, you know, and I, I think that, uh, I'm finding for my clients and for people, followers, you know, whatever. It's like, we all have our different version of big arms, big life. You know, it might not be arms. It might be quads or, you know, whatever else. But it's kind of that physical translates to so many other things in life. Now, on your website, in your bio, you describe yourself as a little bit of a feminist. Do you see, but do you see that kind of strength training? You've kind of just alluded to it. How does strength training support that kind of the idea of the strong feminine character, the, the strong kind of individual woman? How does strength training tie into that? For me, it's about you having the choice and you controlling how you want to strength train. You know, especially with hypertrophy, like you can choose where you want to build muscle, how much, when, you know, like the methods that you want to use, how long you want to do it. Um, And I think that that kind of goes hand in hand, you know, as a strong, empowered woman, like you can make all the choices in the world for yourself. And I think that's really, you know, what it's all about, that we, we recognize that we do have that power. So you find the big arms, big life, or that kind of that mentality, because I know other women out there, you know, will write about deadlifting, write about other stuff, but do you find that mentality just helps open up and give you, give you, you just said the confidence in your business, Mm -hmm. but you find that that kind of the ability to grip a weight and lift it, that carries over in other aspects of the life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, people connect with that. Like, it's just a metaphor, you know, like I always say, because people are like, oh, I love my arms or I don't still don't like my arms or whatever. And I'm like, it's not about the arms. It's not about the arms. You know, <laughs> like it can be whatever the point is, like you said, this physical training that you're doing and the the feeling of connecting with your body and your muscles and maybe the weight that you're moving or, you know, the sport that you're doing or whatever it may be like that can open up so many doors, you know, mindset and everything else. Now, we're at the National Strength and Conditioning Association Conference, and, and we've been texting back and forth, and you've gone to a couple, but you've gone to a couple of the women's, like, roundtables and women's groups. What are some of the issues that you see in the kind of, like, in the fitness sphere for women working professionally in that? I mean, this is kind of, I, you know, it's just being here in this environment, kind of what do you see is a challenge for women that want to be working as fitness professionals, whether as strength coaches or trainers? So it's actually been very, very interesting and eye-opening for me. Um, I tend to surround myself with, obviously, people who work similarly to me, are working for similar things, um, you know, maybe in a slightly different uh, industry is, you know, there's really a lot of strength coaches here. Um, But what's been really interesting is that... um, a lot of the women that I've encountered here really don't see an issue. Uh, yeah, they haven't really experienced many challenges. Uh, and I think that's really a perception and a bias thing. So it's been really interesting in some of the meetings to have the conversations back and forth for, you know, me seeing things very differently and, um, you know, a lot of questions around like, well, why aren't there any men here? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why aren't there any men here? Like it's a women's event, you know, like, so it's, it's super interesting. Well, and, and the reason why I asked that, and because I don't want to talk inside ball for, for fit pros, 
But you know, just what's in the back of my mind is all the stuff that's come out in Silicon Valley in the last couple yeah. months, and then all the stuff. Obviously, you know, you've had Fox News in the last year or so, where you've had some yeah. serious, major. You know, we've seen the news over the past year or so. They've had some, still some very, even in 2017, that we've had some serious issues with women being accepted as professionals in the workplace, and we even we even saw some serious misogyny last year on the campaign trail. So that's why, have you experienced in that, any of that when you were working in facilities? And I mean, as a trainer, do you experience that from your colleagues? Like I said, I'm really lucky that right now I do not because I'm absolutely choosing to surround myself with people who have a lot of respect for women and their peers and their talents, you know, regardless. Um, so again, here specifically at the NSCA conference has been really interesting and very different. Um, but I would agree with you that like those are the things that are happening and they're essentially little microaggressions, right? You know, it's just the little comments of, um, you know, like one woman was telling a story, she was at a different conference and it was like a line of male coaches who, uh, you know, were all approached by the like registration person and they were like, oh, hey coach, how are you? Hey coach, how are you? And then there were like three females in there, female coaches in there, and they were like, oh, hi, miss, how can I help you? Instead of, hey, coach, how are you? Um, you know, so little things like that. Um, but then it's, I think it's a problem with like a little bit of a lack of awareness. Like it's just kind of status quo, like, oh, this is how it is for women. Like we deal with those things of men treating us certain ways or um, systems that are in place or whatever. Like, well, you know, you just have to talk to the men who are in charge instead of, you know, maybe we elevate some more women or whatever. I think those are the challenges, um, but then it's kind of the awareness, the awareness of the bias and then addressing it. Well, and do you think, and then this kind of stays back to the topic, kind of switching back to big arms, big life. Do you think if women embrace that concept, if women kind of think about strength training instead of being a cardio bunny, mm -hmm. do you think that would empower them? Do you think that would help kind of empower them to find their, their voice in the workplace? Yeah, and I've seen it. That's that's where I've had a lot of success with my personal clients, with one-on-one. -on -one. And again, I have this small group, and it is, I always say, like, of course, fitness is the entry point, right? Like, so when we teach a woman how to, you know, deadlift or we put her on a, you know, pull-up program or whatever, you know, stuff like that, it's like the physical accomplishment, yes, but then all of a sudden she's like, and you know what? I also asked for a raise, and I got it. Like, <laughs> that's the stuff. Like, the it just follows in a line. And I think that because that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm a huge fan of some of the names you've mentioned, like with Molly and what Negar mm -hmm. are doing with Girls mm -hmm. Gone Strong. And I mentioned you, Artemis and I go, I, I yeah, didn't tell you, so Artemis, yeah, Artemis and I go way, way, way back. And I'll tell you that, <laughs> tell you that story a little bit later. But I see that just from, and, and also I'm a father of two young girls. And so I'm acutely, I, this is something I've really been paying attention to, to, to kind of like to, to be mindful of. And you recently had like a Facebook post on, on this issue. That, that I commented on and got some really interesting response. Do you remember? Do you remember that mm -hmm. post? And what, what, let's yeah. talk about that for a second. Yeah. So um, basically, I just kind of really like softied up. Like, have you uh, have you ever been like referred to as a pet name in a professional situation? I think I think yeah, was that, that, that was it. Yeah, it was like okay. have you been referred like hun or deer or something? Yeah. Um, because like that's really common. It's common from women to women, from men to women, from all all of the relationships, right? But um, again, it's it's essentially another 
microaggression. And I realize like there can be different relationships. Like you said, when you have a close interpersonal relationship or whatever, sometimes people just, they mean well, but they don't know, whatever. But I think a lot of times we make excuses for that. And then again, that kind of continues that culture of just kind of always putting women in that position of, oh, hey, sweetie, um, which we all know what's implied by that, you know? So um, it was an interesting post. There was a lot of interaction. Yeah, no, and actually I, I posted, and, and, you know, my response to that was, you know, for listeners, my, my response to that was that I sometimes, like, if I know somebody pretty well, like you and I don't know each other that well, right. yeah, but if I knew you pretty well, like, hey, hon, how you doing? Or yeah. I would might, you know, not in any way, but just the same way I might to a guy. I might say, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Or, right. hey, you know, hey, man, how's it going? You know, something in a, in a colloquialism like that, but really seeing the responses kind of open my eyes. But in that, you're talking about microaggressions. And in our political climate right now, where we've had some serious issues with that at some senior leadership, do you think it's important that we address this, you know, whether we use any avenue we can, whether it's social media or with a client, do you think it's important that we address this and kind of raise that awareness? I do. I personally absolutely do. I think even the little things, like I'm a big fan and I always tell my clients, you know, they're like, oh, I felt like I couldn't, I wish I would have said something. And I'm like, well, you, yes, that would have been ideal, of course, you know, but now that we're thinking about it, like, what would you have said, you know, and it can be as simple as, you know, uh, I'm sorry, you know, that was really inappropriate. And that's it. Like, you know, that's, that's all you have to say. Um, you know, and of course you can go further into conversations when it's appropriate, but like, I think yes, because for me, like the longer we let that stuff go, the more it stays the same. And it, you know, if we want some kind of change, we have to do that. So I'm really big on just, yeah, we got to talk about it and we got to say something. Well, as I've gotten to know you through social media, I mean, that's one of the things I appreciate and I appreciate the fact that there, you, yourself and other women like you, that you are changing that and you are raising that voice. Now, before we sign off here, one of the things I want to ask you about, motorcycle riding. Hi. Yeah, it seems to be one of your interests. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and what, how long have you been riding a bike and, and what, what is your bike of choice right now? Oh, right now, my pretty girl, she's a uh, 2016 Softail Deluxe and she's beautiful and I love her. Um, so I... Another thing I was always completely terrified of and never did until I met my husband and we were dating for a couple years and he was like, hey, you know, let's just try it because he rode forever and ever. And I was like, I'm really scared. I don't want to. And we rented a bike and like went to bed and breakfast and I was terrified at first. And then after a couple hours, I was like, hmm, okay, I think I get why people do this. And so I rode passenger for probably about five years, um, and then we rode to Sturgis. And we, when I say rode, we rode. We didn't trailer. We rode for two days um, up to Sturgis, which is a motorcycle rally in South Dakota for listeners who don't know. Um, and when I got up there, you might have seen them. Um, Harley and a lot of their dealerships and their, like, events and stuff, they have uh, what's called a jump start where they take a bike and they essentially, like, dock the back wheel so okay. like you can sit on it you don't have to balance it you can learn to shift oh, wow. and okay. yeah and accelerate and brake and whatever and there was a super nice woman who like helped me through it and I was like you want me to do all three things at the same time the clutch and the gears and the brake and the the foot shifter and the whatever and she was like you're gonna be fine and I was and as soon as I like learned that I could shift I was like okay signing up for a safety course like and so I did when we got back that uh surges in August I took my rider safety course in September. I got a bike a couple weeks after the course. Um, I got a sports store at first and then of course straight it up like the next year. So I've been riding myself for, it'll be three years in September. And does riding kind of tail into, because that kind of tail into the whole idea of big arms, big life and how so? 
Absolutely. It is like, I always say, I could talk about it forever, it is the most powerful thing. And people who don't ride or have never been on a motorcycle, like, you can never explain it to them. But that feeling is like just power and freedom and like it's amazing and I always think too specifically for like what we do it's cool because it's another form of iron yeah I actually I hadn't even thought about that you know and when I I had a bike for a little while and the one thing that I would kind of like after working out especially like on lower body day or doing yeah. like heavy deadlifts and heavy squats I always thought that the vibration of the bike was kind of like an oscillation training yeah. on the way back do you ever do you ever feel like I mean you know, in terms of like a power plate, instead of being on a power plate, you know, you can kind of sit in on a bike and you're getting the vibration benefit of like the muscle. You're getting basically a muscle massage yeah. on the quads going yeah. back in. So on your online, back to your online coaching, I see that you offer, you offer three different tiers of online coaching. Can you explain what those are and what the benefits are? Yeah, absolutely. So I start with um, basically just a program only. So um, typically for more advanced lifters or they pretty much know what they want. They just might have seen me, know me, want a program from me. Um, so uh, that really is essentially just kind of a once a week check-in um, contact wise and they just kind of are off on their own on their program. Um, and then my middle tier is a program and of course programs are completely customized and individual to the person and their goals. Um, and that is three back and forth emails a week and one Skype call per month. So, and that's really on any topic. I always tell people, I, I really take a comprehensive approach. So if they wanna talk about what's happening at work or whatever and they need some help there, great. Like that's what we'll talk about this month if they wanna talk about fitness or you know whatever, cool. Um, and then my top tier is basically like program plus unlimited access to me and three calls a month. That's pretty cool. And do you think uh, do you think uh, online training will be a growing avenue? Do you think more people will be seeking out a trainer online as opposed to in real life? I think so. Um, I think it's so accessible. And I think that technology makes it easy. Everybody's on their phone or their tablet or their whatever. Um, and it's just so easy to have contact back and forth with people, to still feel real close with them, to still get a quality program. You can send form videos back and forth. like So you really can have, again, a pretty comprehensive approach with obviously a lot less cost like people talk about that you know it's still an investment of course but it's not you know $85 a session or whatever there's there's definitely a difference and there's a certain value there and I think it's also very cool that you can really choose who you want to work with and you don't you're not like oh man like I wish I could train with Courtney but I live in Illinois not Colorado I'm, I'm like great that's fine we can still work together you know so that's really cool too now if people want to find you how can they find you on social media and, and what's your website uh, well, social media, everything. I am at K Thomas Fitness, and uh, then my website is just CourtneyThomas.com, and it's Courtney with a K. Any plans? Any? You have any products coming out in the next year, or changing any any offerings on the website, or you're just kind of in the process of developing anything? Uh, Again, I have a, um, a group coaching thing that I'm doing that uh, the next group is going to start mid-August. So that's really my like big next project is kind of gearing up for that and um, talking about that a lot. Uh, the last group was amazing and that was wonderful. So I'm excited for it. I love coaching that. Um, and then really just this year, I'm focusing on my one-on-one -on -one clients. I don't do like launches or whatever. That's always open. Like when people are ready, I want them to be able to sign on. Um, and then I'm really trying to like find places that I can speak and do and do that you know that's why I'm um, getting involved here with the NSCA and the women's committee and stuff and um, hopefully at some state and regional levels and everything like that so um, that's kind of like my personal thing that I want to do more of well I'm sure we'll be seeing much more of you in the future Courtney thanks for your time and I want you to hopefully you enjoy the rest of the time here at the conference thank you so much I appreciate it
Well, as you can tell, I had a lot of fun with that conversation. And as you could probably also tell, we had it in the uh, in a ballroom at a, at a hotel. We were at the uh, Paris Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, where we're both attending the National Strength and Conditioning Association uh, annual conference. Um, we covered a lot of issues there. We covered a lot of things about how to be, get started in personal training. You know, Courtney mentioned that she went through the ACSM. You know, we're at the National Strength and Conditioning Association annual conference. You know, the good thing about good personal trainers, and one of the things why it was kind of cool to run into her there, the thing about good personal trainers is they're always going to conferences like that. Now, just an aside, a lot of times I speak at those events, but um, I myself, I was attending that just as a geek. I, I like going to NSCA because that's usually where you see people present on research or you hear people, strength, specifically strength coaches, both male and female, talk about their um, experience you know, coaching athletes or they're presenting research um, from the latest findings in their exercise science lab. So that's really where it's a great opportunity to get together, to meet with other um, like-minded colleagues, and hey, you get a tax-deductible uh, trip to Las Vegas, so why not? But hopefully you got some information out of that today. Number one, Courtney is doing a really effective job of communicating with people and coaching with people online. So if you've thought about hiring a personal trainer and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can afford a one-on-one, or you're not really comfortable working on with a one-on-one in a health club, Try an online trainer. I'll have Courtney's contact information down below. Reach out to her. Say, hey, maybe you know, maybe she can help you with whatever goal you've been working on. You know, I, I love speaking with women with her background who go from being a and and this is her words, a cardio bunny to being a weightlifting or strength training enthusiast. You know, once I get to know a woman in the gym, if I if I see a woman you know lifting regularly in the gym, and you know we kind of get the hey how you doing you know relationship going. I usually point them in the direction of somebody like Courtney or Jen Sinkler or Nagar or Molly Galbraith, some of the other names you heard us mention, because I think it's really empowering. Let me say that again. I think it's really empowerful for women to look around and look at other women lifting weights and, and sharing that message of strength, you know, of, of strength in the gym and strength out, the gym, out of the gym. You know, my, little, my daughters, you know, I love bringing them to the gym with me. They see people working out. You know, I have... Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was watching the CrossFit games. I was watching the women's finals with my daughters because I wanted them to see strong women doing killer things, you know, and whether or not my daughters get into weight training, I, I frankly, I don't care. I've sh- shared this before and I'm sure I'll share it again. I just want them to be physically active. I want them to be physically literate, whatever that means for them, you know, that they'll, they'll evolve into that, but I want them to have good examples of women like Courtney, like Sinclair, like Artemis Scanalides. I want them to have good examples of strong women, powerful women to look up to. My wife is an example of that, you know, but, you know, of course, you know, it helps to have other examples outside the home. So what I wanted to do today was a couple of things. One, I wanted to bring on a somebody who's doing online personal training. I'm doing, like, as I mentioned, I'm doing a personal training thread. So I'm trying to expose you to different types of personal trainers or different types of ways that you can interact with trainers, because I really do think that whether live or online, uh, personal trainers can really make a difference in your life. Uh, two, I want to talk a little bit about strength training as a source of empowerment, kind of this new postmodern fem- feminism, strength is power. And Courtney is definitely one of the up and coming leaders in that field. So as usual, um, you know, I'll have the information about the guest uh, down the show notes. I'll have Courtney's website. I'll have uh, her social media contacts so you can follow her. On social media, you can follow me at Pete. Uh, at, that's on Twitter. I'm at Pete MC underscore fitness. On Twitter, I'm Pete MC underscore fitness. 
On Instagram, I'm Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And you can always contact me via email, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. And check my blog regularly for latest uh, health and fitness and information updates. I try to post a lot of information up there to help you live a healthier life. So thanks for stopping in. And, and one more thing to request, if you're still listening, um, if you get a chance, do please give me a rating. However you listen to this podcast, I'm doing this for your benefit. And the more ratings you give me or the better ratings I receive, uh, the more people are able to find out about this podcast and the more people I'm able to share health and fitness with. So if you could take a second to do that, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Have a healthy and fit day and hope to talk to you again soon. 